You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. Welcome to the Aftermath Chiefs Kingdom. I am your host tonight, CJ Jones, with my good buddy, my friend, Chris Timpany. Chris, how are we feeling on another glorious, amazing, invigorating Victory Monday? You know what? I feel like a billion bucks because that's about what the AFC spent on trying to stop the Chiefs winning the AFC. Win. And now with before Thanksgiving four-game lead on the Chargers after a, another Mahomes yeah, magic game, game like it, it's just too perfect. Like <laughs> yeah. the retweet I was sending out oh. after that game, Chris. If you would have saw my phone, <laughs> and especially coming off the heels. Of the Raiders and 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 uh, Broncos playing a very ugly, you know, three twenty five game that went overtime, yeah. where both are now three. Like just the combination of that was the final game of of the normal slate, and then you got to see the Chiefs beat the Chargers in the prime time slate to essentially lock up the division. I mean, it was just a perfect six hours of, of football for me, and I mean. I, we don't have to spend a lot of time because everyone else does the talking enough about Patrick Mahomes, but man. When the Chargers scored with a minute 46, there was not a worried Chiefs fan. Chris was in this house kicking his feet up, guys. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I only stand watching the game. I didn't sit down until a minute 46 left in the game. I was like, oh, ball game. Okay, not actually. Oh, I'm I'm relaxed. What you guys want for dinner? (laughs) (laughs) It was just crazy. Like, you know, and especially when you get into the cast around, you know, Juju and Mecole already out. Tony non-factor. CEH is out early in the game. Like, it's it's Patrick Travis and the rest of the gang. (laughs) Like, you know, if you're not a Chiefs fan, there's plenty of fans probably didn't even know much about the guys he was throwing the ball to at that point. So, like, you know, what first drive that throw he had to Jody Fortson? Oh my god, it was just a beautiful throw that oh, had no, probably the casual fan being like, Who number Jody Fortson? Who number 88 out there? Hey, Patrick doesn't care. You open, he's oh, slinging the rock to you. Mind you, bro, that's a fact. <laughs> when he made that throw, I was like, That may be arguably the throw of the year. Oh my gosh, oh, it gave- the defender's literally in his hip, and the ball falls out of the sky in his, in his lap. It gave me Spencer Ware vibes in the 2018 AFC yeah, Championship yeah. game. Now it wasn't quite that good. That may be that may be the best throw of Patrick Mahomes' career that we don't like, talk about. That throw's top five for sure. Like on like rolling to your right, defender, a tight end, not any no separation. Gotta have it drive. Like we're getting exactly. a little. And as, as a DB's coach, you say, bro, you did everything right. It's like the great throws beat great defense every time. So it's right. nothing you can complain about. So, you know, I don't I'm not trying to say the Joey Forson throw was quite that good, but it gave me gave me vibes of that kind of throw. He's had a lot of good throws. That one may be one of his better ones. I completely agree with you, Chris. That's when you knew that we were getting you know, we weren't just getting Patrick Mahomes, which is already the amount of the best quarterback in the NFL, but we were getting Patrick freaking Mahomes who can do make you know pissed off that making the stand off. He got to them like right before the drive after the Chargers scored. And now he said, I got this. Yeah, like, you have that much confidence in yourself, let alone your fans and your teammates. You're like, all right, I can really relax because we know what's about to happen. So, mm-hmm. no, for sure. And also, and when you also have his his buddy, his friend, his amigo, 
and Travis Kelsey, who he calls the greatest tight end ever the to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> the big high yeah. stepping in the end zone and dancing and doing all the things. How can teams still not cover Travis Kelsey? Like, what is it, dude? And was it? And this is, I'm not trying to be funny, but in the week two matchup, Corey Coleman, former chief, didn't he say in the mic'd up um, segment that when he was talking to Derwin James after the game was over, they scared of you, bro? It didn't look like they were too scared of him last No, no. I'm not trying to be funny. We're keeping football. But I'm just saying, says we were scared. Didn't look like we were scared. I saw Pacheco run him over on one play. And oh my guy even got busy on him in the slot. So it didn't look like guys are pretty much scared. But that's neither here nor there, Chris. Um, <laughs> 87 is clearly the best in the business. We've been saying it all year. He's up for offensive player of the year. First team all pro. We know this. And it's just like, I don't, I'm like, Chris, I don't know what more you can say about the guy. Every week we're trying to come up with new things and adjectives to say about, to describe his game. He's getting praise from former Hall of Famers. Shannon Sharp says if he keeps this up, he thinks he'll be the best ever. Deion Sanders says he's already one of the best ever right now. Mm-hmm. The more he does, the more he just adds to his resume. And like um, formerly, we were speaking with um, Miko Harmon offline in one of our Twitter spaces. He said Trav got a late start, which we all know because he came into the league as an older guy mm-hmm. out of Cincinnati. I think he was 23 or 24. And yeah, when he, and he was league, hurt his first year, too. Year, exactly. So to do all of this, that six, seven year stretch, and to not show any sign of slowing down, which me and Chris noted a lot of people doubted him coming into the season, which we understood. But to see him not only meet those expectations of which he holds himself to, that high standard, to exceed that, already be at 10 touchdowns and almost 1,000 yards already, and we're not even like a little over three-quarters of the way through the season. So Trav is just one of the best ever. There's not that much I can say. And I'm a tight end, so I appreciate everything he's doing because it's my position that I played. And I'm just so happy he's on our team. We've been very blessed to see tight ends come through. Kansas City, Chris. So I'm, well, I'm I'm super excited, man. Yeah, when when it's all said and done, it doesn't really matter who you are, what team you root for. The Chiefs are going to have two of the top three tight ends all time. I, you know, biased, but I'm going to say top two. You know, but I I can see. I'm I'm going to listen to those fans that say Gronk is ahead of one of them. I don't even know just because I think Gronk had the most. He had the most dominant prime, even though it was uh, short lived. That's not here nor there. But what Travis does is is continues to be. Just absolutely ridiculous, and it's so funny because like you you already alluded to a little bit how people were saying you know without Tyreek he was he was not going to be able to get his open as much you know all the tension was going to be on him. Well, he's already been ridiculous. We already <laughs> talked about all the guys that weren't in that game, and he still went for three touchdowns and over a hundred yards against Derwin James. Who, if you ask Travis, Travis genuinely believes Derwin James is the best safety in the league, and he did that to him on his own field. Like two years in a row, he's walked off with a game winner. On oh my gosh! Yeah, I guess Charger fans are probably having nightmares about eighty-seven. <laughs> oh man, there's a lot of people in the NFL having nightmares about eighty-seven. But <laughs> you know, it wasn't just the two Hall of Famers getting after it. We could sit here and talk about Mahomes and Kelsey all day, and rightfully so, they deserve it. But Absolutely. what about Pacheco? That's I, right, I've been the hardest on this running back crew out of, out of the two of us, but uh, Pacheco Pacheco gave me the first game all year. I still wasn't quite sold on the Jacksonville. It gave me the first game all year. I was like, "All right, we may we may have we may have a running back in the Kansas City backfield." What do you think of the young man's performance? Hey, that's the explosiveness that we saw in training camp, Chris. That's the power, the violence that he runs with. Everyone's pretty much the same. Said similar sentiments about him. He runs angry. He runs like he's mad at the ground when he's running. Uh, he's a very explosive player. He breaks tackles. And when you have that type of player who can get you those three to four yards, and Chris, you're going to love this stat, 15 attempts, 107 yards, 
Average seven point one yards a carry. You'll take that every day of the week. That oh my sounds gosh. like what we did in the first half versus Cincinnati Bengals game in the playoffs. Like when we're we're dominant in the run game. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of players and analysts. I think Dan Orlovsky did a breakdown of it today. When we show that kind of balance, me and Chris been saying this all year. When we run the football, i.e. Tampa, i.e. San Fran, i.e. Chargers, this on Sunday night, we literally can do whatever we want on offense. You give this offense second and six. You give this offense third and three. There's really no defense you can call to stop us. We can call whatever we want. We got short receivers. We have shifty receivers, tall receivers, physical guys, run after catch, beat one-on-one press. Even your guy Sky Moore was getting involved last night, Chris. And we've been screaming his name. I was screaming from the mountaintop that Sky Moore could play. And people called me crazy, Chris. They called me a fool. And last night I feel like I was smart for once this year. So I'm so glad to see 10 and 24 get involved in this offense. The young guys had to step up. Like Chris said, they did that even with all the adversity. And it was great to see. Yeah, anyone that was already given up on Sky Moore just isn't isn't paying attention. You know, we we've talked about it before. He was not a punt returner in college. He had one career punt return his three years exactly. in college. So, like, and judging him only on those snaps is what a lot of this fan base did. That wasn't fair to the kid. It wasn't fair to to the Chiefs to put him back there that, as much as they did early on in the season. Injuries go down. He's got to play in the slot. And what he he went he went five catches for sixty three. Like you said, Cook Derwin James one time gets Julian Edelman that comparisons to Collinsworth. Crucial like, yeah, made that that one off scheduled catch too, where he went yes. you know with two guys yes. around him. Like yes. yes, Sky Moore, you know, is going to be a player. I don't know if he's ever going to be a star in this league, but he's going to be a guy yes. for these on this Chiefs offense for a while. Absolutely. And we finally saw a glimpse of two guys too. Two rookies on this offense that may be around for a few years to to be you know reliable targets for Patrick Mahomes. No, absolutely. Like you said, they're only going to get better. And I see Sky was the second leading team in this guy in targets. Trav had uh-huh. ten targets. Sky Moore had six. Justin Watson had four. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scanley had four. Noah Gray had three, and Jody Forson had two. And then we had McKinnon and Tony with their one target as well. So they are already putting Sky in that position to where he's the guy when you're the middle. Read as far as like playing in the slot, you're most of the time a quarterback's first read. They usually have a mm-hmm. choice of uh, option routes, or you usually have the defender like, if you win this route, we win the play. And right. So to have Sky do that against some of the guys that are best in the league and to be put into that moment when there's nobody else to really look at in the room and say, who's going to make the play? It's on you. No Juju, no Miko. Uh, Tony left the game, obviously, with his hamstring injury. So it really was on Sky. And after outside of Travis Kelsey, who we know sets the tone, it was on Sky to make a play. And he came up big six targets, five catches. For 60 yards, so and two big catches on third down. So to make those plays and the run after catch ability, we know is special with him. The hands have always been there. We all know the stat. He was had the biggest hands in the draft. And like like Chris noted earlier, to put him and as a player, if a coach asks you to help the team and say, Hey, I need you to play punt return, I'm not gonna tell him no. Right. Like, I want to I want to get on the field, so I'm gonna help my team win. But at some point or another, you have to know what's his weaknesses and what's his strength. And we know his strength is playing in the slot. And I've been saying it forever, Chris. He doesn't get pressed. And people think I'm lying. I really, really see DBs get their hands on him. Like, he's like, obviously, like, he's a shorter in stature guy. He's like 5'10, 5'11. People can't, he's like shifty. That's mm-hmm. why coming out of the draft, my comparison for him was somewhat to like a Tyler Lockett or a Steve Smith, those kind of guys who may not yeah. be as big. Some, some people said he may have similar traits to Antonio Brown. And I get it. Like, the height, the build looks like that. But he really does a great job of not letting DBs get their hands on him. And when you can win in the slot, like Chris just said, those Edelman-type routes, if you give that to another guy who Kelsey, who literally can't be stopped at all in the slot, even when they put two people on him, like on the game winner, they literally tried to chip him and guard him, and he still couldn't get him. 
Right. I, don't know, I don't know how you're going to stop Mahomes. You have two guys in the slot that can win one on one. On top of the fact, I've never mentioned Juju's coming back soon. So you got three guys that can beat you in the middle of the field. And then obviously, we know we can go down the field with explosive plays. So mm-hmm. it makes your job that much easier because we know most of the, most of the pass plays in the NFL have one are in the middle of the field. That's oh, yeah. the yards are one. So we have three guys that I have full, really four with, with K, with Canary mm-hmm. Tony. Four guys that I know if you give them one on one, they can win. And right. I love that going forward for this team. Right, yeah, it's it's just been really fun to watch. It wasn't all, you know, roses for for the Chiefs. There were a couple yeah, things. A little bit, guys. Yeah, there there was, you know, it's another week where, or, you know, it's two or three weeks in a row now where Marquez has been pretty much a non-factor. I mean, through fifty-eight minutes through this game, again with all the injuries to receivers, all the money that the Chiefs are paying him, he had zero. Reception, three targets, zero receptions until that final play. He did make a nice grab. Like, but if you're going to be the number two receiver on this team and essentially get elevated to one because two, three, and four are all out, or one, three, and four are all out, I need a better showing. <laughs> I need a better showing than than one for fifteen or whatever it ended up being. Like, if it was one game, I understand that kind of stuff happens. This is now multiple games in a row that we've seen, like. It wasn't it two weeks ago he broke the record for most routes without a target in in the Statcast <laughs> era. Like yeah. this is not new with him, so he's he's one guy that I'm almost a little disappointed with on on the game last night. No, I, I completely understand, and I'm sure if you asked him, he would say the same thing as well. He obviously wants to make plays for the team. We all want to have an impact on on want him to have an impact on the game, and to see four targets, he caught one one for the big play, obviously on the game winning drive, which was important. Right. Um, we know what's especially he's a deep threat guy. He's going to make plays down the field. And obviously we live in the era of playing a lot of too high and too shell and teams are going to make you throw the ball short. And we know pretty much MVS strength is not necessarily catching the ball in traffic or catching short passes. He's more of a down the field, track the ball. He's really good at looking it in and getting the plays or even trying to create a pass interference for a defender. That's his strength of his game. And our short guys that catch the ball intermediate to short, we kind of know who those guys are. It's Kelsey, obviously Juju. Sky is in that mix as well, then KT. So we can, everybody has their role. And I know it's kind of frustrating because given based on the money we gave Marquez, but I kind of base it off what do you, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? I know what Marquez is good at. I know what he's not good at. So I'm not going to ask him to do something that I, I'm not comfortable with him doing. And I think the staff would probably say that as well. Obviously, Pat has the ultimate trust in him because remember that Buffalo week, he threw a jump ball to him with two defenders around him. And what happened? <laughs> exactly. And it Pat came down with a pick. It. came down with a pick. <laughs> And Mahomes said, I have the ultimate trust in the NBA. So I know it's frustrating at times, but if the teams, if the, if your coaches and your play and your fellow team is believing you, that's all you can ask for. Now, obviously, as a fan, I like to see guys put in their certain positions to where they can succeed and be at their best. But the coaches may see it differently at times. So, yeah. But I've seen MBS make great catches. He obviously made that great, amazing catch last week at the Jackson. Yeah, last week was good for him. I so, forgot how good last good week was. Confidence booster. So he's he's had his moments, but at the end of the day, I'm just I want guys, and if you never know, your route may help somebody else get open. So maybe that was his role that week. So um, we definitely try to see both sides of the spectrum. So I, I and I think if you ask him, he would say he want to play better as well. But the most important stat is the letter, like Eric Bieniemy said, is the W. And that's all we care. About. Right, right. And, but here's the thing, and that's all fine and dandy about you know maybe he was doing other things well, you know, kind of kind of ordeal. And he he did play well last week. Like we said, he caught a touchdown. He had maybe the best catch of the for any Chief this year down the sideline to, to ice that game. But Travis Kelsey, you know, it's not the norm for Travis Kelsey, and it's not the norm for Tyreek Hill, and it's not the norm for Juju when he's playing. Like these guys have down games, obviously, and but 
it's more of the norm for Marquez that's bugging me. So he, yeah, yeah. even if you come out here and be like, man was man was clearing out the clearing out the safety and letting you know Justin Watson get underneath and catch Rogers, Sky Morgan, like that's fine. But you can only say that for so many weeks. For I'm like, can't do it, bro. bro yeah. No safety running with you because they see the sky report. They know they ain't throwing you the ball. Like so, <laughs> uh, but you know, I definitely just he, we obviously like I said he has a denim. He he does things well, but I just need some more consistency out of the guy that's the second highest paid receiver on the team, um, and the only one with a long term contract at this point as well. So no, uh, everybody else is on rookie deals. That's right, rookie or one year deals like Juju. Yeah. So. Yeah. The other thing that's gripe that I'm going to gripe about that I always gripe about <laughs> is the short yardage plays on third and fourth down, bro. Like how here's the situation. It's third and fourth and a little yard less. You know what's happening? Nick Allegretti, Burton, we and no great. We went heavy in that set. Yeah. They always go heavy in that set. No, Allegretti no, always comes in. Burton always comes in. Noah Gray always comes in. You throw one of the running backs, normally Pacheco in the back with Trav, and that's 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 your guys, and you're doing something. Either Noah's going in motion and getting underneath, they're doing a fullback dive, or they're doing a power to, to the running back. Those are the three plays they run on third and fourth and short, and one and less. So essentially, no situation. I watched the clip. I don't mind the the personnel or the formation. The play calls would get to me. I don't like running it's every power time because it's 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 easy to, to shoot a gap when you're running power, Chris. Because like when the guard leaves, I can shoot that gap. I get it. I get it. But you have to have more than three one personnel yeah, and three plays. Play. Exactly. Exactly. Like. Take Noah Gray out. Well, you and I were talking about. You made a great point the, the, off off air, but I'm sure you'll get into a little more of it. Take Noah Gray off, or who Burton off, or whoever the hell you want. Put in McColl or Tony or whoever the hell's healthy, and get some just jet sweep action. It's easy. <laughs> it doesn't even have to hand them off to it. Just get the action right, right, going. Cool. Like, oh my gosh, it just it just boggles my mind how a team that is taking out the most productive short yardage play in the playbook, which is the quarterback sneak. And I won't go on that. I've talked about that enough. They've taken that out of the playbook. You have to be more innovative than with the other stuff you run. You can't run the quarterback sneak. Just you're handing it off to other players kind of thing. Like that's just what frustrates the hell out of me. No, I, I completely agree. That jet sweep action is literally, if you watch any offense that's ran by a Kyle Shanahan or a Sean McVay, they run that fly sweep action like 50 times a game. It's yeah. literally like a part of their offense. So to see how successful we were, like Chris said, in the San Francisco game, even the game last week versus the Jaguars when Kadarius Tony scored on a couple or got big plays on a couple of those actions as well. Literally, when it's third and short, I would do that every time. Right. As a, as a defense, you have to respect it because if you just stand there, I'm going to hand it off and he's going to run outside and it's a yard. You literally can get the ball. The, the, the DN is not going to catch you. Literally, as he shoots up feelers off sides, he's not going to outrun you to the sideline. Every Correct. Time. You right. need to get around the corner and then get the first down. And even like we talked off air with Miko on Twitter today, he loves that play. He honestly was not being a little cocky. He was being honest. When I run that play, I feel like I can score every time. Right. Because he's right. one of the fastest guys in the league. If I get the ball in a full three, full dead sprint, I can run outside or cut it up. Mm-hmm. So to see that, see the players know the things that me and Chris have been saying. We all see it. But <laughs> then when it's not being called, I'm like, okay, the guy in the locker room was seeing it. We're seeing it. Then why isn't on Andy on his big lunch menu like, hey, bro, I'm going to call this Jeff Peep. Or I'm going to call this sweep action and then I'm going to dive it up the middle to Burton or Isaiah, whoever. 
Right. It, it, works, I, it better be to the point because, like, like you said, like McColl loves running it, but they run it on first and ten or second and five. Like that's when they run those yeah. actions. When it's, I need it on. I I need something on third and fourth and short. And it gets to the point to where if the Chiefs are you know fortunate enough to get to the AFC Championship game again, if they don't pull out something, then I'm going. I'm probably going to be my new quarterback sneak. I'm never going to stop talking about it if they keep running the same things. I need some little bit of action on those. It's just it's just ridiculous. No, I completely uh, agree. It's but, not even a debate anymore. They should just they know what plays work and what doesn't work, man. <laughs> right, right. Like I feel more confident them. about the Chiefs on third and twelve than I do on third and one. That's very. Disheartening. <laughs> like, Very disheartening. Like, what the hell, man? Like, it shouldn't be that way, but... <laughs> but let's get to the defense, because the defense, again, they they played a good offense. They, you know, they gave up 20 points on, uh, in the first half, and people love to bury... It's so funny how quick the you know, normal fans are to dismiss the defense or blame the defense for anything. It's like... They gave up seven points in the second half. They had five sacks on a team that only had given up 14 coming in. Mike Dana made made uh, two big sacks. He's a guy that continues to rise up in stock. And then, of course, when we needed it most, who who made the plays for, for the Chiefs? A candidate for defensive player of the year. He's not even low-key. He has been playing like the best defensive tackle in football. My twin, Chris, my brother, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Oh, cold, baby. It's so fitting that Chris Jones is playing the way he is, and the Rams are coming into town this week too. As that's that's very fitting. That's very the best fitting. defensive tackle in the league is playing in the game Sunday, and it ain't Aaron Donald. It ain't, it ain't the guy in the blue and yellow. The guy in the red and white. No, but the defense continues to play just well enough, and that's the thing is I don't need them to be a top ten defense. I need them to play fairly mistake free. You know, solid football, and that's what you get pretty much every week from this D. Every week this year, there's I don't think there's a single game I can be there and like Chiefs defense didn't do enough. I think they've pulled their weight. What we what we as Chiefs fans with this offense have asked them to do every single week. Absolutely, even against the best D, the best offenses they face, we played Buffalo. We played twenty four points. We played the Chargers twice. We played the Niners. The we Raiders all of these weapons. The and Raiders game with Devontae Adams is the only one that, that I'm really thinking about. The only one that maybe maybe you could have some gripe. And obviously that and that play would be a lot different, obviously, if we really had a lead. Because if we get that sack call off the we know the rough of the pass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Score, we that it's playing with the lead, playing from behind is a lot of different things. So you can call different game styles in that in that scene. Right. Obviously we know the Raiders came in, they ran the ball. I'm like, yeah, they have a lead, so they're gonna run the football. If we score and they're down seven, maybe they don't run it as much. The mm-hmm. defense can kind of play off of that. So, right. So, yeah, every, everything changes based off game plans. But, like Chris said, we've played some of the best offenses in the league, and we've literally held, like, when we played the Bills in week six game, going into that last six minutes of that game, we held them to 17 points. Right. It did their job. So, even the 24 is not bad. Like, 24 against a team that can score 40 at will, we scored, we gave up 24 points. I'll take that because I know my offense can go out there and score 30. We're leading the league in points per game. So, to see that happen, and obviously, we know the defense has had their mishaps at times, like, Frank Clark's been out the lineup for suspensions. Willie Gay's been out the lineup for suspensions. Trent McDuffie's been out the lineup with a hamstring injury. Guys have been in and out the lineup for whatever reasons. And we're still, Chris, standing today. Guess where we are in the league in NFL sacks? Oh, we got to be up there. What, like, top like eight, eight, oh, four. I was going to say four. top ten. Like, And coming into the league, the numbers. into the season, sorry, we were worried about this D-line and how we were going to create pressure. Are we going to have to blitz too much? Are guys going to get home? Can Chris beat double teams? 
they've answered all those questions because we're looking here going into week 12, top four in the league in sacks, and we're only going to get better. Yeah, so, it, the, the, the defensive line was such a – people were so worried about it coming into the season. It's like – Still got Chris Jones. Carlotta doesn't have the numbers, but he has he has the visual appeal. Like he he looks, you know, he's getting after the quarterback. He has the pressures. He's knocking out passes. Mike Dana continues to get better. Uh, we've talked about Colin Saunders a lot on this on this show. Like this team is this defensive line. Dunlap getting is is, is good enough. And here's the thing, we've been talking about, you know, there's your stars make plays. And 15 made plays, 87 made plays, 95 made plays. Well, another player that used to make plays was the old Honey Badger. And we lost him. We need someone to kind of fill that role on who was going to be that game changer. Well, the guy that took his number, I think, is officially in that spot as you need a big play. You need a game-changing turnover. He's going to be that guy. And Nick Bolton continues to play well. Nick. He had that bad penalty, you know, but against to extend a Chargers drive, only led to a field goal, forced a fumble on Keenan Allen on a Hulsa play, got the game-winning pick on 14 tackles. Like, Nick Bolton is officially, I think, fourth in the line of, you know, those 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 chief stars that you just look at. I think he passed Snead. I think he's passed Snead. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I would definitely go via yeah, Pat, Trav, CJ, and then Nick, and then Snee would probably be right after. Yeah, I, yeah. Those, I, like, I just the guys that you look to when the game gets tight that you expect to make plays. Yeah, those, those are the guys. guys. You know, those are the guys. Sure. And Nick Bolton had another, and he's, he's been doing it for this whole year and a half in the league. For some reason, he's a popular player of controversy, but, <laughs> but I don't care necessarily what you're okay, doing in okay, the first three, okay. in the first three quarters. It's what are you doing in the fourth quarter? And he's always, he's always around the ball making big, big plays that on Nick Bolton for the year. The only player this year to have 10 tackles an interception and a forced fumble in the game this year, Nick Bolton. Yeah. So I don't know what more you can ask of this guy to do, man. Like you said, all the changes, New faces, new guys coming into the defense around you. His second year in the, in the scheme with Spags, and to have the, the leadership and the responsibility to call the defense with the green dot and to see all these guys come in and out the lineup and not have your running mate for like four weeks and right. still do what he's doing, playing at an all-pro level. Like Chris said, there's nothing. I don't know what more you can say about this guy. He's been balling, and the stats and the film show it every week. It's so funny. People like to complain about like, oh, he tackled the running back six yards down the field. He needs to hit the hole faster or whatever. And it's like – we used to have guys that would never get there and that running backs 25 yards downfield. So like, why is that the, why is that what we're complaining about? Like he's still, he gets a hand on you. doesn't matter if you're Derek Henry or Austin Lake or who you are. If he gets one hand on you, you are going to the ground. And that, that in itself is way more valuable than, than I think fans are giving him credit for. Hey, like, like we said earlier, when we were talking online with me, Cole, fans are a little emotional at times. Yeah, oh my I think God. they can be over anxious, <laughs> but you, when you put things in perspective, and I try, and me and Chris try to be logical when we have these talks. Fans are going to be over emotional, over anxious at times. Oh they don't think gosh. logically because they're fans, and right. now, that's what you love about Arrowhead. People get crazy. Sometimes <laughs> they go a little overboard. Actually, not a little bit. They do it a lot. But that's what makes Arrowhead such a great place because you see the balance of the fans that may not know a lot about the game. Mm-hmm. People that me like me and Chris break it down from an X's and O's standpoint. Then you have the fan who's their first time there, so they're just screaming their head off. Right. It makes that much fun because you get all of the mixtures in one, and that's what makes Arrowhead so special. And right. I'm a Chris. I would love for people to be more logical, but that's not the case. So <laughs> I have to calm down plenty of my fans. Yeah. They're like, why is he not doing this? I'm like, why are you mad about him making a tackle? That is yeah, right. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, watching Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens couldn't even catch up to the running back, oh and we're God, complaining about a six-yard run because he didn't get there fast enough. Like you say, him or Ben Neiman's name, I'm gonna kick you off this. <laughs> oh man, I miss Ben Neiman. That was the trifecta. That was the trifecta. I hit the other two. Oh my gosh. Oh, what's the what's what's the linebacker from Bama? Uh, Fifty-nine. Oh, uh, Reggie. Reggie, Reggie Raglett. Oh, people rather people say Nick Bolton's Reggie Raglett out there. Like that's so bro. disrespectful. That's so disrespectful. Reggie Raglett would never Reggie. Respectfully, Nick Reggie Bolton was out covering that fast. On that final drive, Nick Bolton, before when he got the pick, he was out covering Eckler in the flat. He's on the sideline. Exactly. Like Reggie and he tracked it down. Reggie Raglett wishes he was that fast. <laughs> None of those guys we just said are making the play, Nick Bolton. None of the guys we just said are probably in the game. At that point, you so know, with playing like the best linebacker in football, right? yeah, he's, he's playing you know, at all he's, level. He's been doing it all year, so he's getting closer to that Fred Warner, you know, like that Darius Leonard, that Le- Levante David conversation, right? Been, right. To, if he finishes the year like he's doing, it'll be in that pack of like that top five, those top linebackers that absolutely bring fear. Absolutely. That other and like coming into the snowball. season, we were waiting to see who was going to take over outside of CJ to take over that next defensive role, and obviously. You expect your middle linebacker wearing the green dot to do that. So to see his growth, like Chris said, to go from year one to year two and dominate Snead to continue to do what he does, you have those three pillars on defense, Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, and Jerry Snead. You can bank on that every single week, and you can build around those guys for years to come with Trent McDuffie's and Brian Cooks and Colin Saunders and George Karloftis is who we know is going to pop out eventually because rookie right. walls are starting to be broken now. You expect guys to step up and to see all the leadership we've had in this room. Chris Jones mentioned it. Travis Kelsey mentioned it. Guys know it's next man up mentality, and guys are making plays, and they're they're rising to the moment, and that's what I love about this team so far, Chris. Yeah, it's it's been fun to watch, especially with all these young guys, and it still doesn't seem to matter. They just seem to get better every week. Absolutely. absolutely. Any other thoughts on the defense here before we move on to the Ram- quick Rams – Rick on the Rams game? Um, basically, just shout out to the D-line. They definitely deserve their flowers. Like Chris said, guys have been balling out of their mind. Like Coming into the season, me and you knew it was a big year for Colin Saunders, and – He's definitely exceeded expectations. I was so excited. I've said this multiple times about him and Treshawn Warden's rotation together. So I thought both of those guys could have been really good for us. And then along with Mike Dana, who came back and played very well, thankfully that time he was off to get healthy and starting to pay dividends because he looked very, very good Sunday night. And we have Carlos Dunlap, who's a veteran, who's kind of like pacing himself. I think he's starting to round into playoff form and trying to get ready for that last last minute stretch of the season. And we obviously know CJ's been playing like a defensive player of the year. Um, Nick Bowling been all pro. Willie Gay's his four game break gave him so much more juice because I haven't really seen him miss any tackles since he's came back. And I know that was the, the question or more gripe about his game because even when he played on the edge in Sunday night, they had him on the five tech guard over the tight end or like a six or head up six high. He put his hands disengaged and went in a rally and everybody flew to the ball. So when you have Willie Gay that piece that you can move around and then let Nick Bolton stay in the middle and call everything, I think that's what really makes this linebacker duo special. You have a guy that's the runner and then a guy that's like the general. So he can kind of send Willie out. Hey, Willie, go cover the slot, cover the back of the backfield. I'll stay here in the middle and hold it down. That makes Chris, me and him smile because now we truly have, not to say there's no weaknesses, I can trust both of those guys to do their job. We couldn't say that two years ago, Chris. Hell, we couldn't say that last year. So with that being said, and our secondary is only going to get better because they're young, we have the front seven that we know can make plays in multiple situations. Bringing in Willie Gay that can play edge, Leo Chanel, Mike Dana, you can move around. Just having all these options makes Spags that much more versatile and his second half adjustments have been bar none this year. So, so you don't like Josh Williams? I love Josh. 
Well, I said, I said, I said, you got anything else to say about the defense? You named every player on the Chiefs defense except Josh. Hey, hey, hey. Well, I was just making I sure. Love Josh uh, just, God, the <laughs> you you made sure to name all eight defensive see, tackles of the line. <laughs> I, I love Josh Williams. I love Jalen Watson. I love all y'all. Y'all doing your thing. Keep it up, man. Keep going. Kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and last thing, Harrison Butker bounced back. He had a good game. We don't need to talk Man, about no that. misses. That's good. No Nobody misses. mentioned his name. That's what I like to hear. No misses. I, like. I don't want to hear your name because that means right, you're not right. missing. Right. No misses. Extra points. Field goals all good. The dependent champs are coming in. And this was a game that I think a lot of Chiefs fans had circled. The Rams don't Man, come to Harold very often. You know, yeah, it's, it's the game of the week. You know, again, Rams don't come Man, to KC very often. The weekend, that's ugh. And and the Rams just the Rams so they're, they're, terrible. they're they're terrible and it's going it's getting worse because Matt Stafford left the game with a concussion. That's two probably, or three weeks from him. Yeah. He's probably not going to play Sunday. The Chiefs are currently 14 and a half favorites. Cooper Cup's out. You know, they don't have a run game. They're lot they're down like four offensive lines. They've got two players. They've got two players on the defense, and the defense hasn't been good either. That's Andy Dalton went up and down the field on him. So basically, find 99, find Aaron Donald, and don't throw to the side that Ramsey's on. And the Chiefs just score 40 player. points. Win 40, to, 40 to 17, you know? like I wanted to get your take because I was talking about some people <laughs> on the timeline. As far as, like, we know guys are still recovering from injuries. We know Miko's on IR, and Kadarius Tony left the game with a hamstring injury, and we know Juju was on concussion protocol. How would you feel about Kadarius or Juju sitting out this week, granted that, we may not need them because we have a the Bengals coming up next week in week thirteen, and b like you just said, this matchup isn't that much of a need because of the fact the Rams are playing such bad football right now, and we may end up playing a backup quarterback. As soon as the Rams rule Matt Stafford out, whenever that is, because it's not official yet, as soon as yeah. they rule him out, I'm ruling Juju out. Absolutely, like that's that's just a, a given to me. I'm probably you know. I don't want to treat this as a buy because obviously you, every win counts every, you know, you're still on a tight rate for first the bills have that tiebreaker over you. Um, so you still have to try to go out and win every game, but it is an NSC game against a beat up bad football team. So you can take little things like giving Juju an extra week. Like I, I don't think Kadarius is super, super serious. So like, if he's good to play, I'd let him play because he's new to the system. Like, yeah, he needs time. Get, yeah, get him out yeah. there if he needs to be. Um, but some of those other guys, like, I don't know, man. I, it, it, it sounds so bad because we've saw this team lose to the Colts. And so, like, I get Chiefs fans, like, you don't want to overlook, but you also want to be realistic with who you're playing. Like, correct. Let's be exactly. honest. This is like Chris said, it's a bad football team. If we're playing a backup quarterback, you don't risk like Juan Thornhill left the game with a calf. Another right. week of rest will be great for him. Yeah, Jesus, let Cook play. Like, get, give Brian Cook another a game for exactly. four, let Brian Cook have his day. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's, exactly. it's, you still fifteen and eighty seven are still playing. Andy Reid's still calling plays on the sideline. Exactly. If you're playing a backup quarterback, that's really all you should need. Obviously, guys have freak things happen in the NFL. There's more than just two players on the team, but like. I don't know. I, I feel like a cocky little asshole saying this kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, no I mean, way these Rams come in. Talking. I'm just being I'm being honest about the situation. Do we need all of these guys on the field to no. beat these Rams? See, like, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. not even being cocky. That's just saying, can we win the game without these guys? Like, yes. So why would I put guys in position to get further their injury when I know we have a big game coming up next week on the road 
in Cincinnati. Why would yeah. I do that? It's against the player that you're 0-2 against in exactly. Joe Burrow. And, and you know, the last time the last time you lost to him was in the AFC Championship game. Like, Jamar Chase is on pace, of course, to be back for that game. Surprise, surprise. He's probably Ironically. about to take away. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, make sure your guy's ready to go, too, when Juju Smith-Schuster. He's the only one, and him and Thornhill off the top of my head, that could be, like, potentially, like, you know, if they were playing the Bengals this week, they play kind of guys. Yeah, Everyone else, I think, is would naturally. Exactly. Um, it's just, and even if Matt Stafford does play, it's like it's still an NFC game. Like, like, have you have you watched them play this year? You don't want to take anything for granted, but it's like, could we beat this team without some of the players we just said yes? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and well, I, I mean, you could say that about a lot of teams. I mean, if you could say, I mean, look at who they had out last night, and they beat a good team on the road and a team that played it's like it was their super bowl like they always do we got yeah, their best so it's shot. like i've said a lot without actually saying anything but long story short if you questionable don't play <laughs> hey i'm with chris don't <laughs> this ain't the week we need you like obviously we know what it is next week we know the matchup we know what that game means to us we know both times we played them it was very emotional or controversial whichever term you prefer but we know how much an AFC game means to us in this AFC race. And an NFC game, as much as we don't want to lose games, is not our top priority at the moment compared to holding this one seat in the AFC. So I want guys to be healthy. I think Andy would tell you that. enemy would tell you that. But obviously guys need to be ready to play and be ready to go. But just be mindful of the situation. Both things can be true. You want them to play, but I also want them healthy because I want them to be ready for this playoff run, which we all agree is the most important thing. Right. And it would be nice that it's not like the Bengals are running away with anything too. So Chiefs being able to add another win not only gives you a a good tiebreaker if something crazy happens down the stretch, it also gives you a greater chance of not letting them in the playoffs. Because let's be real, man. There's not there's a lot of decent AFC teams. There's only about three of them that actually scare me. And the Bengals are on that list. And if you can somehow prevent the Bengals from not even making the playoffs because you let a Jets or you let the Patriots or you let one of those, you know, one or two of those teams that don't really scare you make it. That's, that's, that's kind of what I'm rooting for. That, that playoff run looks a lot different. For sure. <laughs> right. Right. You know that about Buffalo, be. you know, Baltimore is probably on there for me. People are going to say it's my, my, I know I've steered the conversation. People are going to say Miami should be on that list. I just, no one's gotten more reps against Tyreek than Steve Spagnola. Let's talk about that. And does Tua really scare you in that situation? Yes, he's had some good numbers, but you watch those Dolphins games. He still short arms a lot of throws. He really does. A lot of those like, turnovers as well. So <laughs> And the defense is getting uh, giving up a ton of points. They just lost Ogba for the year. You know, one of their hey, pass yeah, rushers. Hurt. Yeah, I saw that. So, yeah. like. Howard's been hurt. Byron uh, Jones has been hurt for them. Yeah. So, I know, I know the Dolphins look good. I know they're fun, and I know that, like, Tua's getting, you know, overall numbers looks well. But do you really, are you really scared of a bad defense with Tua Tagovailoa as their quarterback coming into Arrowhead and winning that game? And honestly, if it sets up to where we do get the one seed, Lord willing, Buffalo and Miami may have to end up playing each other anyway. Right. So they're right. going to eliminate them. So could we get the lower seed? So if, obviously, if Miami or Buffalo, whoever wins the division, they'll end up probably end up playing each other. Right, as long as the Chiefs do that. But even if the Chiefs, even if the Chiefs are the, are the two or three seeds somehow, something you know comes down the stretch, and it's like, even if you're going to Miami, do you? St- it's still a bad defense with with a 
weak armed lefty as their quarterback. Like that defense has been very that's why that's why and again, this isn't we've seen crazy things happen in the playoffs. The the Browns literally were a Daniel Sorensen hit away from making that playoff game more interesting Absolutely. a couple of years ago. Like so like crazy things happen in the playoffs. Right, I'm not right, trying right. to get not trying to say otherwise. But if I'm just making a short list of teams that legitimately scare me, whether it's an arrowhead or on the road. I think it's just Buffalo, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. No, absolutely, and I think most people would probably agree with you on that. Obviously, we know that Miami's the new, the new toy, the, the new kids on the block. But um, yeah, coming into Arrowhead, we haven't seen Tua play in any cold weather games yet, so it'd be interesting to see how he reacts when he goes to Buffalo. They just had a whole DefCon one day after tomorrow type scene going on up there, right, uh, with the blizzard and everything going. And so. Um, yeah, it'll 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 be a fun matchup. These playoffs are gonna be super interesting. Us, Buffalo, Miami, Baltimore are all gonna be gunning for the AFC title. So uh it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how this how this plays out when we get towards the end of the season. But uh since we're on the game week, all right, Chris, give me That's your how exciting the Rams are, by the way. Jake right? <laughs> got us talking about the rest the big we about the rest of the AFC Because the Rams just uh, all their they have two fun players on the roster right now. If it wasn't, they look. If Aaron Donald wasn't playing, this game may really get ugly. It's going to get ugly regardless, but Man, it, it really get ugly if he wasn't. It's still fun that you know the best defensive tackle in the NFL is playing on Sunday, and it ain't Aaron Donald. I'm just saying, people <laughs> take the numbers. He's not lying. So, <laughs> all right, Chris. Last week we were close with our predictions. I think you were closer than I was. I had 31, 35. So two yeah. the field, a couple of too many field goal drives. One too many field goal drives for each team. I was a little low. I said, I think I said, well, I think I said 28, 24. Yeah. So I was a little lower on it. I was close like, too. Yeah, t- tab it off. I was like a couple field goals off. So I was close. Um, what do you got this week? They have us as a 14 point betting man at the crib. Like you said, if Matt Stafford doesn't play, which I don't know, he's been officially like ruled out. Like you said, it may jump up to be like minus 18 or something. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still like I think it's going to be a boring football game overall. I really do. As far as like the Chiefs' offense, is it's going to be a lot more vanilla. Absolutely, uh, you're not pulling out anything out the bag this week. So I want to go like I think it's going to be 27-10 late, and the Rams are going to score a touchdown. You know, to make it 27-17, it's going to look it's going to look way closer. The Chiefs are going to sleepwalk through it. Um. So I don't think they cover because I really, I really don't think they're going to show a lot, and I don't think they're going to play all their guys that they need to as far as a health standpoint. That's where I'm going. Twenty-seven, seventeen. I will go. But I can also see forty-five to ten. You know, like <laughs> I could see that happening as just exactly. just as usually. I, I would say we're probably gonna get a little action on offense and get some guys. This is kind of that game you don't want to be disrespectful, but you get guys their stats because you know it's it's a you don't want to look forward like and say like that. But all right. A team that's banged up, they don't have their starting quarterback potentially. This is a bad defense. This is a game where guys can get their numbers up. So I will go Chiefs, 38, Rams, 16. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those games. The I, <laughs> It's tough because I was excited for the Rams to come to town. Super Bowl champion. Everybody was and it's like, I was just looking at the schedule today because I was looking at my season tickets. Going into the summer or going into camp, I was looking at this back to back. Like, hey, we have a Thanksgiving week game and a Christmas week game. Like, that's right. dope. And we play two NFC West teams, and I'm like, all right, the Rams game would be good, but the Seahawks game will probably be eh, because coming into the season, they were a three to five win football team. But now, right. the opposite. The Rams right. are a shell of themselves, and the Seahawks are trying to win the division, and they're right. in the lead right now, which is right. crazy. 
So right, you looked at the schedule and you saw, man, Chargers, Rams, Bengals, two of them road games. That's that's brutal. And now you're like, Chargers, Rams, man. Okay, and then we just got prep for the Bengals. All right, but this isn't that bad. <laughs> That's so we'll see how it goes. Me. We'll see how it goes. We went. We went a little over today. Uh, just a lot to talk about. Victory also, Monday, people. Victory, man. You know, it's just it's just fun to talk about talk about how this team's playing eight and two with all the with all the doubters coming eight in. Eight two, baby. Hopefully, we're talking about another win. If we aren't, I'm gonna probably be on here doing doing a lot of different rants because you know I'm always down <laughs> for a good good rant or two. But uh, CJ, before we get out of here, where can the good people find you? They can definitely find me on Twitter at CGZ81. That's C-J-E-E-Z-Y-81. My DMs are open if you want to have conversations about X's and O's, fantasies, bets, game plans. I'm definitely open to have conversations. And definitely follow our our page on Twitter at The Aftermath KC. And Chris, where can the people find you at? Always at 10penny88. The 88 is not my birth year. It is, in fact, for Tony Gonzalez because I'm a bit, maybe I should change it to 87. 10penny87. doesn't ring quite as well, though. 10penny88 is where it's at. I'm always talking football on there until we get to to March, and then uh, I'm one of those weird weird baseball freaks too. So, uh, but anyway, that's gonna do it for us this week. Appreciate the support as always. We'll talk to you next time. Cheers.